Welcome into Locked On Big Ten Football for this September 11th, Wednesday edition. And September 11th, uh, we all know what that date means. It'll never be the same again ever, will it? For any of us, um, just like December 7th, we kind of remember that, even those of us that weren't around for Pearl Harbor. September 11th is our Pearl Harbor. Uh, we certainly live in um, peace and freedom, and we have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, but certainly, as we should always be in remembrance, we are especially are in fond remembrances of those that were victims uh, directly uh, and then indirectly, and then all of us um, that uh, were a part of what went on in um, on September 11th. And so we certainly pour our hearts out to um, those of us that were those of that were directly involved, and um, we we fond remembers. It's uh, interesting because I remember where I was on a scouting trip, and um, was at um, believe it or not Boston College, and I was going to be heading west, as you can imagine. You know, um, you're in there, you're looking at film, and you hear about something that happened, and people are talking, and equipment managers coming in, and trainers coming in, they're talking about things, and you know, you're you're in a dark room looking at film, and you you have no idea, and then you know, you, people coming and talking about something that's very dramatic, people are very upset, and you get near a TV, and you see this, and you realize, you know, everything just stops. And it's the only time to where you're in there, you're doing work. And there's one of the coaches that came in. You know, coaches come out of a meeting and you think, um, that's not just not normal. I mean, uh, it, it just all of a sudden, everybody stops. Everybody stopped their game plan in meetings. I'm sitting there and kind of hard to evaluate players. And then you realize that, um, uh, and at the time I was living in, in Nashville, working for the Titans, and, you know, I'm at the point where you're thinking – this is not going to, uh, you know, where do you go? And then, and you realize what's happening. You can't get on a plane. So now it's like, okay, they initially think, well, we gotta, I got to stop and take hold of what's going on. you got to schedule. And then you realize none of that's really important. And then, you know, you go home, and, and you, you can't go anywhere. You know, schools are kind of shutting down. So it was a very dramatic effect. I'm sure everybody remembers where they were this time of year there's no easy transition but we're here to talk big 10 football and we can do so freely because of uh, our great um uh, you know members of uh the service that take care of us and protect us on a daily basis um this podcast brought to you by the great folks at vivid seats rewards got some great news to pass along to you about their great service and how they can help you, not only with discounts, but get rewards on future purchases. Great, great opportunities there. Hey, as you know, as for as we do this, and you'll get a little bit of a pattern if you're with us every day for this Locked On Big Ten Football Podcast, and hopefully you've had a chance to listen to the sister podcast, Locked On SEC Football, during the season. So we get in on Monday. And everybody's, you know, reacting to the Monday game, and, and as do we. But understand that it takes time uh, 
you know, for somebody like me that has a lot of film to look at to get through everything. So, you know, as I'm watching games live and absorbing things and making notes, mental notes, mostly physical notes, that I can go back, things that I want to go back and study, it takes a lot of time to do that. So, you know, on Monday you're looking at something, and in my case I'm reacting to it on a very superfluous view. What I've seen, what I saw, in many cases watching a game that I was watching with five or six other games on at the same time. So you get a, as I get a little bit more time to maybe look at it, um, you know, in, in, a, in a more in-depth view, get a little better feel for it, and then gradually down the line you do it. And then what ends up happening is you tend up looking at film getting ready for next week's games, and sometimes you see not only the team that you're looking for but the team that they're playing and so on and so forth. So the point I'm trying to make is we give you a good feel as the week goes along about truly what happened and how that might affect things going forward. But a couple of things that, that I wanted to kind of take you inside the film room and kind of what I uncovered that would be interesting um, that I think going forward. You know, Iowa's got Iowa State this week, and they played Rutgers last week. Um, Iowa-Iowa State, I, I've mentioned this before, that Iowa State's kind of the, the little brother in the state. It is um, they play with a chip on their shoulder. They're not as good a team as Iowa State's been in the past. So it's going to be a bigger challenge for them. Iowa is typical Iowa. They are really good at the line of scrimmage. They're really starting to advance and improve their passing a game in terms of their route concepts vertically and with their receivers, and their backs are getting better. So really good, solid team in Iowa. They're not a great um, athletic team. Athletic teams will beat them. Um, teams that are faster will beat them. I'm not sure right now that they could beat Wisconsin, but, but I think they're right in that mix. We shall see. But in a lot of ways, you know, they're really, really good in terms of good defensive line, good offensive line. They're where they're supposed to be. They completely shut out Rutgers, and I know it's Rutgers, but Rutgers couldn't do anything against them. So I'm very curious to see how they play against Iowa State. Again, motion in Ames is going to be high. That's where game day is and all that hoopla. I think you're going to see Iowa State give it their best, play their best with a lot of high energy. How will Iowa respond to it? I think they'll respond with a win, but how it will look is kind of intriguing to me. We shall see. Purdue. Uh, I mentioned this on the SEC podcast, talking from Vanderbilt's standpoint, but really impressed with what Purdue's getting done offensively. I think Elijah Sindelar is very underrated. I, I think his skill sets may not hurt somebody talk about, well, he's not that good and all that. Well, here's the thing. His numbers are approaching, you know, Kyle Orton, Drew Brees. Well, then that suggests this guy is a great NFL talent, future talent. That's not really the point here. The point here I would make is that Sindelar is – really good decision maker, they scheme guys open, and they've got really good receivers in which they're they're really attacking defenses. And they attacked Vanderbilt's defense really good. They're pushing ball down the field. They didn't run it hardly at all. 
uh, and they'll take deep shots on you. So they're going to test your coverage. They're going to loosen you out there, the tackle box. Um, so, look, I mean, it, it's interesting to see uh, how this offense will evolve and maybe cause some problems within the league. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Big Ten Football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We've talked a little bit about Army and their situ- uh, the Michigan performance against Army. I'm curious to see what they do offensively with the open date. Wisconsin has an open date. I think people are throwing dirt on Michigan. Um... If you've listened to this, you know that I did not like Michigan to win the conference. I liked Ohio State to do so. But this is kind of a little crossroads for Michigan in terms of how they're going to create their identity on offense. The thing that jumped out at me the most when looking at the tape is how the offense struggled so much against Army's defense. And I've talked about the lack of rhythm on offense, when you're having a hard time getting off the field and, uh, defensively and you're not getting enough offensive reps, I get that. I mean, I've pointed that out. But when it's fourth and two, third and short, and they're running spread, okay, that's their identity. That's what they want to do. But I think they've lost a lot of their physicality in doing that. And I think you always need to be cognizant of that when you run this style, I'm for it. I'm not against the style. I recognize its value, its worth, its ability to take your game to a different level. But I do think that one of the things that maybe people are doing is maybe they're getting a little bit too far away of it. I think maybe Alabama did some of it. Um, I think maybe Oklahoma's doing some of it. They're, they can be, And those are great offenses. Michigan's anything but a great offense. In fact, they're disturbingly bad off of last week's performance. So what are they going to do this week? I would suspect they're going to try to spread out Wisconsin's defense because Wisconsin's defense is well positioned, and if you don't spread them out, you're not going to take advantage of some of the speed advantages that you have over them. But are you going to be able to execute it well? Let me say this. We talk about scheme. We talk about play calling. That is really important. But you know what's most important is how you teach and how you, more importantly, in the end, execute a system. There are many systems that can be successful. There are some systems that are not as successful. What is important is how you execute it. The system itself is only as good as how you're executing it. And right now, Michigan's not doing anything consistently well on offense. So in the open date, they got to figure out their identity. What are they going to be? I think you saw last week that they tried to, to go back to some some power stuff in short-yarded situations. Charbonnet ran the football well. Um, 
But, I, you know, I, I think they don't feel comfortable doing strictly that, and I get that. But they're not executing the spread quite as well as they need to. Spread offense is not about calling ball plays, folks. It's about teaching it. When you teach it, then you can call it. Um, they're not – something obviously is not going well there, and I'm curious to see what they're able to do because it's not appreciably better – they're they're going to struggle against Wisconsin. I expect them to make some systemic changes in terms of not the look, but how effective they can be running certain things. So here's people have asked me, well, what do you do in this situation? Here's what I do. I'd spend a lot of time scaling down to what can we execute well. Better to have less things. Better to do less things and do them well. I, that's what I would do. And I would look for them to maybe, uh, you know, compartmentalize things that they're going to do. First down, second short, second medium, second long, third and short, third and medium, uh, third and long. Look at those things that you can be effective doing well. Better to do something well than, well, this is going to work really good against this front or this coverage, but we don't execute it very well. Well, then it won't look good. Well, it was a dumb play call. No, it wasn't a dumb play call. It was a right play call. But if you didn't teach it correctly or they're not getting it, you got to look at it. That comes to the other point. What are you teaching? How are you teaching it? Why is it not getting across? Got to figure that out too. But you got to do it in a hurry. And I'm curious to see what comes out of it for Michigan. This will tell us a lot about the coaching acumen on Michigan staff, how well they play against Wisconsin. I'm telling you, look at it. You know, people look at the over-the-top purview. I look at the little minutia. What adjustments they make, how much better will they execute or not against Wisconsin will tell us an awful lot uh, next week. That's that's not this week, obviously. Um Ohio State, I don't really like Indiana's chance of slowing them down, and I don't know that Indiana's um, going to have enough possessions to be able to score enough points. But I will say this. I'm curious to see what this Ohio State defense will continue to do and continue to look like against a pretty good Indiana offense, different-looking style of offense than Cincinnati. So I want to see how they react. I want to see if Maryland is going to be able to score as many points against Temple. Um I bet they will score a lot of points. But I'm curious to see if that continues. That is in the early slate of games, 11 a.m. Central. they got Penn State coming up pretty soon, so it'll be interesting. Um, I don't like looking at Penn State. Um, I didn't like the slow start against Buffalo. Would not advise a slow start against a chip-on-their-shoulders pit team. Pit physical, physical. Pitt's tough. Pitt will, again, have a chip on their shoulder. Um, They're just not athletic enough on offense. Penn State can't play around in this game. I I think getting an early lead, getting to a fast start on offense is key. I don't think Pitt will be able to make enough big plays, and I'm curious to see how effective Pitt will be able to run the football in this game or – the lack thereof, because I think that is going to tell us a little bit about Penn State's front against how Pitt likes to block. Um, Minnesota's got Georgia Southern. Uh, I I broke down the tape again. I watched it live, but I broke down the tape of Minnesota 
you know, Minnesota really is, is, is a fun team to watch. They are a physical team. They've got to cut down on mistakes. They, they have made way too many mistakes. They should be able to get uh, – they've, they've got to face Georgia Southern. Uh, LSU did a great job defending that look. Minnesota's got to be as disciplined, not nearly as talented as, Minnes- as uh, LSU. So they've got to figure out that look can't get caught napping. I want to see Northwestern improve their passing game against you on LV. Uh, that is real concerning at this point. Um, that's something else that uh, I looked at. Um, I want to get into a couple more matchups that I think are intriguing here in a little bit. Uh, but I want to talk to you about the great folks at Vivid Seats. They're an online event ticket marketplace that's dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person, earning credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seats app via the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more, all through the Vivid Seats app. Vivid Seat offers great prices and easy purchasing experiences, as well as an in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards. With reward status ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, I can relate to those, customers can earn from 10% up to 16% credit on all their purchases throughout the app for the month of August. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled into the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program, and will enjoy credit on all purchases as part of the Vivid Seats reward. So all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Get a discount, get rewards, get your seats, all at Vivid Seats. You are locked on Big Ten football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, before we wrap it up for today, I want to talk a couple more things that – I am interested in watching going forward. To go back to Wisconsin, like the way they're playing up front, like the way they're running the football, like the way they're playing up front defensively, I think they are off to a really good start. I think Jack Cohn is throwing the football well, and with Cephas and the rest of that receiving core, which is underrated, by the way, they're doing a nice job. But I, I don't, I'm curious to see how effective these receivers can get open against better defenses. Uh, I'm curious to see what this past game looks like against Michigan. We talk about Michigan's needs of focus going into the, the open date, getting ready for Wisconsin. I am, as you can tell, really looking forward to that game. But this Wisconsin team – I don't look at this passing game as something that is overly exciting, overly – I think they're effective, but I don't know that they're overly challenging at this point. But with their running game, I'm curious to see. And I I went and looked what teams can cause them problems in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback and containing those receivers. And I think there's some in the league that can. But for the most part, they are built like a Big Ten team that can get open. Um, I think those things are going to be interesting to watch and, and will determine to 
what degree this Wisconsin team is what level of good? They're good. Can they be very good? Can they be the team to beat in the West? I know some people think they are. I think they're one of them, and I think they're the favorite. But I think that will take you know take them where at a different level if they're able to be really good in the passing game. I will say the same thing about Michigan State. Michigan State is better than Wisconsin on defense. They've got better playmakers there. I think they can control games even better. I thought they ran the football well. I thought Elijah Collins was outstanding last week against Western Michigan. I'm very curious to see going forward as we get into conference play, again, what can this offense do? So for this week against Arizona State, in East Lansing, this is a different Arizona State team. Arizona State team is not as good. Arizona State team is not going to have the home field this year. I like Michigan State's chances in this game. But what I am looking for is to see this passing game can be developed and improved. If it can, then you're talking about a whole different level of good for this Spartan team. If they cannot, then then I think it it certainly it, it reduces the margin of error. And it maybe takes a game like this this week that could be a little closer than you think. So the ability to be able to spurt out and take control of a game defensively is there. But offensively, it's what I'm looking for when I study Michigan State. I really like Penn State's athletes. I really like their ability to get you in space. But kind of the opposite, I guess, you know, you're looking at teams that, a team that doesn't always play with the discipline of being where you're supposed to be, hyper-aggressive. Listen, a lot of it's not just, wow, boy, this team's really well-coached, this team's not. It's more than that. It's it's about it's about your style. If you're going to be ultra-aggressive and you're going to take chances, you're going to make more mistakes. Uh, if you're more about, you know, and I think defense is about positioning, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how this Penn State team kind of cleans things up because they go through stretches where they look like an average team. They're not playing near their ability. A lot of teams do that. But, um, like for example, defensively against Buffalo, Buffalo controlled the clock in the game. Penn State – couldn't do anything on third downs. Then defensively, they weren't able to get enough stops, and so they don't have enough chances. So you look at their overall offense, and if you're a stats person, you look at this and that, you don't dig deeper, you think, ah, good offense. Not good on third downs. Can't stay on the field on third downs. Now your defense is on the field more. You know what I say about that and preach that to where you're nauseous, I know. Your defense all of a sudden gets worse and worse. So some problems there. So I think it's an interesting week in that I want to see a little more from some of these teams. What Penn State can do against Pitt's running game, which is not as good as Pitt's running game last year, but I want to see how uh, it plays out. I'm very curious. We're going to get into this a little bit more about what Purdue does against TCU. TCU plays very good situational defense. They do a pretty good job of leveraging in the pass game. So I'm curious to see how Purdue attacks it.
whether they typically go tempo. I like Purdue's offense more. I think they're going to score enough points, and I haven't seen enough out of TCU's offense to believe that they can outscore people. So the quarterback plays pivotal, still in flux at TCU. Purdue's a little bit better at home offensively. Going to be interesting to see. But as I like to say, every game is a learning experience. And when they play it and I can watch it, I get a feel for it. But when I can break down the tape, then it really comes to you with a great – it comes into focus. It comes in with a great deal of clarity. It's the difference between watching TV on those old fuzzy TVs with rabbit ears where you're looking through snow to watching high-definition 4K or whatever the the, the the cult name is now for the – where you can see the beads of sweat – on the helmet, like like it's just you can touch it. That's how much clear it gets when you're able to watch the tape and know what to look for. So um, I'm curious to see, while some of these games are not really great matchups, it's certainly ones that we can learn from. So we're going to be back here the rest of the week to break it down for you, get you ready for these games, get more inside the film room, keep you up to date with all the latest news and notes from around the league. Right here on the Locked On Big Ten Football Podcast, We'll this will wrap it up for today and we'll check in with you tomorrow. Thanks again, everybody.